um, this camera, all of the Canon cameras just like stop recording automatically. They can only record for like seven or eight minutes at a time. Okay, it's gonna be chilling over there. I just have to like manually hit the button. So I don't know if it was a problem. Nate cut to other shots, but it, it just like might just cut like twice, three, two or three times. Fine. So, all right, guys. Cool well, with that. Do you, can you make sure we're looking we're looking straight and, and good on that one? Chapstick <laughs> is not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Shout out to you, Chapstick. Looks good. You guys want all over the close that we look good? Yeah. We are live? We are live. Cool. Alright, well guys, come on in, check us out. We're getting everything set up right now. We'll get things going here in just a second. Guys, you guys want to press that share button for us? If you guys want to again, go follow us on every social media: Facebook, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. Seat at the T. We'll give you a follow back tonight. Our, uh, our awesome friend down in Alabama, uh, Jordan, will be on my t on the Twitter account, uh, tweeting about the World Baseball Classic and the USA game going on right now against Japan. Uh, huge, huge game for them in the semifinals. Huge so. Game. We'll talk about baseball moving forward, still pre-season uh, pre with that stuff, so we won't get in too much into that before the regular season gets kicked off here in just about two weeks, actually. So we're just waiting on Mateen here, getting set up here. We'll get going here. Ready when you are, bud. I'm good to go. You ready? Ready to do this. Welcome to the JMB Podcast. My name is Bobby Levine. Alongside me is Jackson Schroeder. And we're going to get things started off like the old time. Just you and I. Yeah, exactly. Max Feels good. Max McDonald is sick right now, so he's not going to be joining us this evening. But moving forward next week and the week after that, expect him to be talking about some huge basketball. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Joe Andrews and the J&J Mobile Detailing, our first sponsor. Go get your car detailed, waxed, clean, shampooed, all that good stuff right behind Avalanche Pizza off of uh, East State Street. Again, right here in Athens, Ohio, he does it all. Very cheap pricing. Go up there, tell him J&B Podcast sent you guys. He'll give you a great discount moving forward on that. Your car needs some cleanup. He got he has you covered in that situation. Uh, moving forward tonight, again, for everyone joining us on the Facebook Live, go check our Twitter account out at Seat at the T. Uh, Jordan down there, Jordan Lindsay down in Alabama, will be covering the World Baseball Classic. Japan and USA face off in a semifinal game tonight. It's a single game elimination. USA needs to win that game. So all tweets were coming from him down south. Right from our Twitter account, yeah. seat at the T. There it is. There, you got to get that in there. First topic here, we'll be talking about college basketball. Now, this past week was the round of 64 and the round of 32. We got down yeah. to Sweet 16. <laughs> How was your bracket looking? Um, well, I guess I'm tied for fourth, so I'm not doing as bad as I thought I was. But I guess that's probably just a result of everyone else doing worse than we thought. I've got two people left out of my final four. I've got uh, UCLA in there, and I've got them winning my championship. So I'm um, happy with that pick right there. Uh, but 
Louisville killed me. Duke killed me, as they killed a lot of people. We had Duke at winning our bracket yeah. that we did last week at Pigskin. So yeah, you get a huge you shout know. out to Chris Roach for letting us have that podcast at Pigskin last week. Uh, our pack, our, our bracket as a whole was completely busted. Went having Duke win it all. We did pretty well in the South region. The yeah. whole, the whole, the whole right side. We were pretty much correct. Yeah. We had Michigan beating Louisville. That was a huge game. Uh, but again, Duke winning it all absolutely destroyed our bracket. Um, so sucks for us, but my bracket's doing all right, I guess. Yeah. I got Kentucky <laughs> win it all. So let me go get to you, since Max is not here. Uh, name a couple of your big surprises this happened this past week. Well, Colin Cowherd does this segment where he talks about what he did right and what he got wrong. And I'll be the first to admit right now, and it hurts me a little bit because I love to root for the SEC, but I was dogging on him last week when we were talking about um, our brackets. And Florida is doing great. Florida is doing so well, and some other in South Carolina as well. But the team to look out for is Florida. They shut they shut Virginia, a high-powered offensive team, down to 39 points. That's almost unheard of right now. And before that, they they held ETSU, an athletic squad, down to 65 points. This is a good, well-oiled defensive machine in Florida, and I would. Look out for them facing Villanova in the weeks to come, so or we, days to come. So we talked about that Virginia team on the podcast last week at the Pigskin. Uh, Virginia is a very, very good de- defensive team. Offensively, they cannot score over 70 points. It's very hard for them to do that. They got lucky the first week, the first round against UNC Wilmington. They put up 75. They won by four points against a very weak 12 seed, in my opinion. The ACC as a whole was the biggest loser, yeah, in my opinion. Definitely. Nine teams, including the playing games, they had teams represent them. They are down to one team. That is the North Carolina Tar Heels. Other than that, every single team is eliminated. You had Duke winning the ACC, which was the hottest team going into the tournament. They're not even making it through the first weekend. You have Louisville, who's a top 10 team almost the entire year until the very end. They're two seed, eliminated by Michigan, a Big Ten team. In my opinion, the Big Ten and the SEC are huge winners this weekend. Yeah. Moving forward, everyone was dogging on how bad the conference is. South Carolina looks like a legit team. Wisconsin and Florida are about to face yeah. off in the SEC Big Ten matchup to get a chance to play in the lead eight and possibly go to the Final Four after this weekend. I am very happy with both those conferences. Showing how bad the ACC, not how bad, the ACC has been great all year. Don't get me wrong. But when it, to- it comes time to play in March, you have to win the games. Wins in, in January and February are big. Wins in March mean your whole season, and they're not getting it done. Oh, without a doubt. And you and you look at these, um, you look at these ACC teams, and a lot of them were they were huge favorites. So I don't know if that they were overlooking these teams. If Duke was like all caught up in how well they had been doing late in the season, winning the ACC tournament and everything. But they get to South Carolina, who I mean I overlooked last week. I'll admit that, and I think they must have done the exact same thing. Lucky enough for that conference. The, their last team in there, UNC, has to face Butler, yep. and they're not looking too great right now. They're getting through. They uh, they won by 12 points against Winthrop in the first round, uh, just beat uh, Middle Tennessee, which is an athletic team, but obviously they're not huge, not a not a big conference school. Um, but they're not they're not looking that great. They're a four seed. I look you I look at UNC getting through this round. We'll see next round yes. when they've got to play UCLA or Kentucky. Yes, That'll right, be interesting. right now. Three teams represented by the three of the top five power conference. Pac-12's got three. Uh, actually, uh, four of them. Excuse me. SEC, Big 12, and Big 10 all have three teams. Um, yeah, that UCLA and Kentucky game, in my opinion, is the marquee matchup here in the Sweet 16. Uh, the best team in the SEC against a top two team in the Pac-12. It's going to be a dog show. The winner of that, in my opinion, again, will play uh, UNC. But again, 
Butler, in the past couple years, especially in our lifetime, has been a March Madness team. They've been a Cinderella yeah. team moving forward. Being a four seed especially, usually they're at their lower eight, nine, and possibly double-digit seed moving forward. They're getting the job done uh, there in, in that region. UNC better be on their toes. Last ACC team left, they're going to be nervous. <laughs> Yeah. All right, now looking forward, a dark horse team that could win a championship that is not a one or two seed. Oh, dark horse. I mean, I've got, I was talking about Florida earlier, yeah. but right now I'll bring up Bob Huggins' team in West Virginia. They have been, they've been surprising, honestly. They, they, everyone looked at them, and um, you, you look at a team like West Virginia, and they, have, they always have the ability to win any single game that they play, and you've seen that in their regular season play uh, this past year and years further back in the past, but we just never know how they're going to show up when March comes around. And they've played very well recently. They beat Bucknell, but the, the biggest win was their win, 12 points over a strong Notre Dame team. Um, look for them moving forward because they've got all the confidence in the world, and and they are dangerous when they are on. Absolutely. Message Justin, and tell us what you think your dark horse team moving forward is. You've got West Virginia and Bobby Huggins. Can't go against Uncle Bobby. He's a great, <laughs> unbelievable Bob. coach, one of the best coaches still left in the tournament. I'm going up, and actually I have a, a different one in the Midwest. I have the Michigan Wolverines. I've been saying it on the podcast right. last week. I like it. Matt Harrington, my roommate, who's actually back at home watching the podcast, he's been telling me that I was crazy on the Michigan Wolverines. They get the job done the first week against Oklahoma State, an unbelievable game that went down to the wire. And then they go and play Louisville, an unbelievable team from the ACC, go down to the wire with them again and get the job done. This team... If you go and read our article on our website, seedatthetea.com, by Duncan Goldberg, he went in-depth with them as well as his Dark Horse team, saying they almost got all i mean, killed in a plane crash at the Big Ten Tournament two weeks ago. They've been riding the momentum the entire way through the Big Ten Tournament, winning the first two games in the tournament now in the main in the NCAA Tournament, excuse me, and now in the Sweet 16 against Oregon. They get it done here. They play either Kansas or Purdue, another Big Ten foe. Gonna be huge. I think I think the Wolverines have a, have an outside chance of making this final four. I agree. I mean, you look at the Big Ten, and maybe not so much the SEC. The SEC has got uh, their their top three teams in Kentucky, South Carolina, and Florida. But you look at the Big Ten, and it could be a situa situation like the SEC in football this year, where all these teams are beating up on each other because they're so good in conference. So you get teams like Michigan coming away with a twenty six and 11 record, which doesn't look that good, doesn't get you that great of a seed going into the tournament, but you still have the talent and the ability and the confidence because you've played against all these great teams through the regular yeah. season. Absolutely. It's like uh, Columbus City Ball in high school. They were so good the entire year. They beat up on each other. A 1-17 team, if you make the tournament and win a couple games and make it far in the Ohio high school state playoffs. What is the number one seed? Last question before we move on to soccer and bring in Lucas Moore. Who's a one seed that has a chance of losing here in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight this weekend? A, a one seed? A one seed. Well, I, we already have a lot. We've already lost one with Villanova, yeah. and we've already lost one two seed in Duke. Uh, all the other two seeds are still available besides Louisville. Uh, we have Arizona, and Kentucky, and then UNC, Gonzaga, and Kansas. Any of these guys are going to lose this weekend? You're going to possibly disagree with me on this one, but I picked this on my bracket, and I'm sticking with it just because of the style of play in the Big Ten. I've got Kansas losing to Purdue in this next game. Kansas is a great offensive team, and they've got a great – if you watch them play and, and how they played Michigan State, it was close early on, but their senior leadership and uh, veterans on that squad, they pulled through and gave them the big 90-70 to 70 win going through. 
But Purdue has been winning big too, and they are dangerous, come from a strong uh, conference, and they've got all the confidence moving forward into this game too. I like Purdue to move on to the next round. Purdue's a scary team. They've got the bigs down low. They've got the guard plays that can also help them shoot the outside shot. I don't know if they could beat Kansas. I'm going down uh, a region in the south. UNC, you said it earlier. Yeah. Butler, I like the Cinderella story that they have going. They just do it quietly. They're a team, a four seed again, that no one's talking about at all. Everyone's talking about the bigger, powerful names, especially the, the non-Power 5 conferences, just like Gonzaga and Xavier coming out of the West region. I think Butler's going to upset them here. I think UNC's well, getting yeah. overlooking them, looking towards that UCLA-Kentucky game in the possible Final Four matchup. I have Butler losing. Or Butler winning beating UNC. That's interesting. That will be a great matchup down there in the Southern Conference. Okay, game gets started here Thursday evening. Sweet 16 moving on to the uh, Elite Eight games this Saturday and Sunday. So that's all we got from basketball this week. We'll have Max McDoolin on talking about the Final Four and Championship moving forward next week. We're now going to bring on our huge MLS fan, <laughs> soccer fan here, Lucas Moore. Pull up a chair here. Seat at the table. Pull up. Yeah. What am I talking? What am I talking about? Make sure we got him on the camera as well, guys. If you guys want to go read his articles, great stuff on our website. Uh, he's got his own tab. Can we talk about that right now? Yeah, it's the kicking it page. Um, Soccer is not as scary as you think. It's actually one of the most entertaining sports in the world. Um, it is. So, you don't mind if I give some numbers of how do, MLS do it, is growing? Do, it, do it, absolutely. So, MLS is the fastest growing sports league in American history. Like, it's not even close. Um, the amount of time in which it's grown. They're also adding six more expansion teams over the next five years. Um, they're the sixth uh, soccer league in the world when it ter comes in terms of attendance. Their TV ratings, um, when you combine all MLS ratings, compete with the NHL now. So, um, MLS will join NHL as a major sport in the United States over the next 10 years. If you took soccer as a whole, when you include the Champions League, um, the Premier League, Bundesliga on American television, then you could already say soccer has passed hockey as that fourth sport. Now, it's, that's not a fair comparison because hockey has one league to watch and soccer has a million teams to watch, yeah. but soccer is very popular in and the it, country. And it roots lot. back to, I mean, more kids in the U.S. Exactly. are playing soccer right now than even baseball. Yeah. So, so we'll see where it goes from there. It's because m mothers don't want to put their sons in football now. Yeah, yeah it's so scary. It costs too much money. Too. Yeah. All you need in soccer is a ball. Concussion protocol <laughs> is not as high or severe risk as it is in soccer. Yeah. Different football here in America. But moving forward, check out the Kicking It on the soccer page. He's got a whole bunch of articles, MLS power rankings every single week. Huge, huge coverage on the Columbus crew. Yep. Yep. Hopefully we have a great team this year. Well, the thing about Columbus is it, it, they're kind of like a weird case. They're, um, they're talented up front. They are. They have Federico Higuain, the brother of Gonzalo, yep. who's an Argentinian star. He was just disappeared all of last season. He disappeared at the beginning of this season. He finally showed up yeah. and actually played. And as do Columbus narrowed their formation up to really focus on Higuain in the middle and let him play long balls out. And Columbus looked better. It was against a bad D.C. United team. The thing about Columbus is... They were just in the MLS Cup Final two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Pretty much the same uh, striking force. Kai Kamara's not there now, but you have Ola Kamara, who's still one of the more talented strikers in MLS. They're just, I don't know why they can't put it together consistently. I have them 15th in my power rankings right now. That's borderline playoffs. I think that's where they sit all year. But you never know. If they get hot at the end of the year, the way the MLS works, go right through the playoffs and you can be in the MLS Cup. The way Seattle was, 
Seattle is 10 points behind a playoff spot. So that's three wins behind a playoff spot. And they turned it around, ended up in fourth in the West, and then won MLS Cup uh, that season. So if you're a Columbus fan, just buy your time. I think they're talented enough to – they're right now they're sitting in a playoff spot. So I think they're talented enough to get there. It's not going to be easy, though. So if they figure it out, though, I think they're one of the more talented teams in the league. All right, let's talk about the expansion teams this year. Yeah. All right, we have one team in Minnesota – Starting out very slowly. Minnesota, okay, here's what the thing about Minnesota. Minnesota is an embarrassment to MLS because of the defense they brought. Okay. They brought, they brought their American Soccer League, one of the minor league, they brought their defense from that. Added, a couple, added one piece or two and thought that was good enough. This is the worst back line in world football in top divisions. You think I mean, so? Uh, no doubt about my mind. Their communication is... so. You know, I played in high school. I can notice mistakes on a back line, yeah. but I should really have to be to look for them. I don't even. I have to half pay attention to Minnesota to be like, what are they doing? They're dropping back in the middle of the wrong place. Their communication's terrible. They don't play good balls out. Minnesota's defense is the worst this league has ever seen. So unless they fix it, they're just going to embarrass themselves all year. They got lucky to pull out a two-two draw because Colorado couldn't put a ball in the net if it was the size of Alaska. You know, Alaska. They can't put the ball in the net. And somehow Colorado put two goals on. They're, they're minus nine right now in goal for differential. Then you move ahead. Let's go to something positive with the Atlanta. Oh, yeah, positive is Atlanta. Yeah, talk, they've done talk it right. About yeah, let's talk about they your team. About team. <laughs> they, they've done it right. right the there. thing about Atlanta was, was they were put in the same boat of Minnesota. All oh, their expansion, they're going to struggle. Because expansion teams in this league have struggled recently. Now you go back to the history of Houston Dynamo. They won back-to-back championships in the first two years. Yeah, right at, the, right at the bat. So those teams... There's a history of good expansion teams. Atlanta had a little more time to prepare to be an MLS than Minnesota, I think, an extra year. They put together this squad led by Miguel Almiron in the middle. He's Paraguayan, I mean, he's South American. Okay. And they've got a lot of South Americans. Joseph Martinez up top, you know, one of the best goal scorers in MLS early. And their manager, this is the best part about Atlanta. Their manager is Tata Martino. He was the manager. His last job was at FC Barcelona. And his oh. job before that... <laughs> Was for Argentina. That's the thing that I love about the MLS. They're getting all these guys that are coming over from the European yeah, leagues that are sure. so so big over there. They're bringing a culture over here that's finally mm-hmm. selling tickets. I mean, you're seeing Portland. They're yep. selling out every single game there. Exactly. I mean, Portland is one of those. Portland's very hard to play in. Yeah. Um, Atlanta is hard to play in. They've got Bobby Dodd Stadium right now in Georgia Tech. They yep. worked yeah. out a deal. They're moving into Mercedes-Benz along with the Falcons. So when that's done, Atlanta will play there. Do you think they have a realistic chance of filling that stadium? Atlanta has put 55,000 seats sold out with people trying to scalp tickets online for two home games. No wow. way. They are, Atlanta already is competing as the best fan base in MLS. And which, is, which is strange because Atlanta always gets the stereotype of the being horrible hor- fans. Of the horrible fans. Yeah. And, uh, so well, I think maybe, it's this fresh attitude. You yeah. know, the Braves have always had their history of winning. Yep. The Falcons, you know, uh, streaky. Yeah. You have this new, fresh team. I think they're excited. They've done all the right off-season moves, and they're sitting here dominating the league. A 2-1 close loss to New York Red Bulls, who are one of the most talented of the teams in the league, no doubt about it. Yep. They had the lead up till the last 15 when New York got two quick goals. Then they go out and blow out Minnesota 6-1. And, man, that looked like Minnesota's a high school team. That's how bad Minnesota looked. And then they go and beat Chicago, a mediocre team, 4 nothing. This team can wow. score goals. They are very good. Right now, they have the highest goal differential in the league at plus eight. Mm-hmm. A new team. Now, let me ask you a question about, about the fan base. Is that what the MLS is looking for, if they could just put the fans in the seats? 
Because well, right now, FC Cincinnati, we've been talking about that. Yep, they're putting fans they in the seats. They put the fans that's, in the stadium. That's the hope of FC Cincinnati getting an expansion team. Cincinnati is considered a mid to small market Yeah. in terms of sports. So their hope to get a team, because LAFC is adding a team. That's the team Will Ferrell's. And Another LA team? <laughs> yeah, but the thing about LAFC, they've already almost... They've almost sold out their first game, and they're not even playing until next season. Okay. So, and they have this beautiful stadium. I really recommend you check it out. So the MLS in expansion, they want team with a stadium yeah. is what they want, and a dedicated fan base. FC Cincinnati, if they can get that stadium worked out, which is really tough in Cincinnati, the way Mike Brown has treated that city yeah. when it comes to stadiums. If if I think FC Cincinnati might get in even with Nipper, if FC Cincinnati got a stadium deal done, done deal done deal in the MLS because they're that well run of an organization. They're not front runners though. San Diego is a front runner. I can almost personally, 1000% guarantee, San Diego has a team. They actually had a vote for a team name and the leading vote getter, one of the leading Chargers. vote getters was the San Diego Chargers. To Keep it. That, I, that I, sounds better for a soccer I organization. They're probably going to go with San Diego FC or yeah, San Diego yeah. City or San Diego United. But I, don't, I mean, their football team never, I don't think is going to come back ever. No. So I no, think no. they were a soccer team. They, that team will support it. 100%. Right now, there's 22 teams in the MLS. Do you see that growing to 30 plus? I think they're going to stop at 28 for 10 years. Okay. I think that they'll get to 28 and then let it. Because 28's already eight more than any other top tier league yeah. in the world. Because the other top tier leagues have relegation. Yes. But the MLS works a lot different. It's, MLS works more like the American sports leagues than the international yes. sports league. Because they're on top down. So. I think they'll stop at 28, but I think 28 is a good number. I think you hold there for a while, see how it works, and then if you go to 30-32 like the NFL or Major League Baseball, or doesn't NHL have 30? They have 30. 30, There's yeah. the, But they're adding two teams. They're having a team in, in Vegas. And and so there'd be an uneven number. Yeah. And then so They're going to have to make a team. Yeah. You would yeah. think they'd put a team out east too. So well, they have to, no, there's two teams short in the west is the problem. Yeah, they might move, make a move, make a team in the east, and then move a team out west from the east. But we'll see. Moving forward, the west is very tough. But sticking to soccer right now, before we get into some hockey, um, <laughs> you'll have your time. You'll have your time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is a very important week for no. U.S. soccer. Yeah. Then now talk about the USA team. This is this is what I really wanted to talk about. So there's a couple things with the U.S. team. We don't automatically get to go to the World Cup. No. Some people don't know that. Like it is a very hard process to get the World Cup. Um, the World Cup's next year in Russia. That's a big deal for the United States, too. We like going to Russia and, you know, taking some names, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we we are our, – our manager just got fired, Jurgen Klinsmann, because the way qualifying works, you have groups, and then it narrows down to six teams. Once you're down to six, only the top three automatically get in, and the fourth one has to play in a playoff. United States, first two games, 2-1 loss to Mexico and Columbus. First time they've lost in Columbus to Mexico – since like 2002. Yeah. It has been a long time they since they've the done that. It was a 2-0 game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Dos Cerro, 2 nothing. They <laughs> lost to them, and then they play some other, I, for, I forget exactly at the top of my head, but it was 4 nothing. Was it Colombia? No. Colombia is no, 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 in I, South I, America. I looked it up. I forget who it was. I it was either Honduras or one of those teams. They're a talented team, but they lost 4 nothing. That's when Klinsman got fired. They hired the LA Galaxy longtime manager, Bruce Arena, they brought him in the team. Arena's taking more of an attitude. And this is his first game this Friday. I'm not joking when I say this. This is the most important game in United States soccer history that you don't know about. If they win, we'll forget about it. If they lose, we'll remember it forever. 
as well, I'll remember it forever. Nobody else will. But soccer's in such an important development period. It's yeah. kind of like that. It's it's like an eight year old. It's grown up a little bit. It could probably survive on its own for a little. But it needs it needs Costa the help Rica. from the world Costa Rica. Yep. So they lost to four nothing. They play Honduras on Friday. Yes. They are zero points back. They're like five points back, which is you know win and two draws from where they need to be. If they don't go out and win against Honduras at home in San Jose, that game's Friday at 10.30. If they don't win that game, I mean, it's almost a 10% chance to make the World Cup. And if they don't make the World Cup, that hurts soccer's development because, badly because that's what everybody waits for is the yeah. World Cup in this country. And every time the World Cup happens, MLS ratings, they go up and they stay up the exactly. next year. If United States isn't in it, those ratings don't go up. Yeah. The merchandise sales don't go up. The kids playing soccer doesn't go up. But I have hope for the United States, and there is one reason why I have hope. What's that? Christian Pulisic. Do you know who this guy is? Guys are stuck. This guy is eight. This guy is younger than I. That, that blows my mind. He was born in September 98. I was born in April 1998. So yep. I I am older than him. Mm-hmm. Like, he would be my little brother. <laughs> and he's playing out in the European he's playing. He's playing for the second best team in Germany yep. at Borussia Dortmund. And he's being put into the starting lineup in Champions League games. And having an impact. Having an impact. Yeah. Like, he is one of the best young players in the world at 18 years old, and he's in America. The game against Mexico, when he was in, in and playing and, and contributing to the game, you could just mm-hmm. tell how much better he was than the rest of the Americans. He's head of, he was better than everyone else, I think. I think that I think the ones that Americans that can be with him are Bradley yes. in Europe. But he's old. They're Dempsey. so older. They're older, though. Pulisic is the, is the great hope for the United States. This is this is this is a dream scenario I've created in my head. Let's hear it. So the 2026 World Cup is 99% going to the United States. We need it. <laughs> we haven't had it since 94. We're a large country. We can handle it. Um, and they want a developed country to have it after Qatar has a 2022. And it's going to be a disaster there, too. Yeah, it's going to be a disaster in 2022. <laughs> but in 2026... <laughs> In 2026, it, I, have, I have a strong feeling it will be in the U.S., so U.S. will have home field advantage. You'll have eight more years of soccer development. And Christian Pulisic, if he stays healthy and continues his development path, will be 27 years old. Prime. Literally, 27 years old is the best a soccer player ever is. You're grown up, you're experienced, but you're not starting to creep towards 30. So if there's any hope for the United States to ever win a World Cup, which is a crazy thing for me to say, it is in 2026, when it's at home. And if they win a World Cup at home, I mean, soccer might pass baseball. Do you, if it's going to be the perfect scenario for you, they have to have Donovan as the coach. Oh, we'll see. It doesn't matter who the manager. They just gotta get the, <laughs> as long as it's not your Klinsman. As long, I mean, Klinsman was. I think Klinsman brought a new culture. It just doesn't work. No, so, he's the wrong country for him. I think Americans are too. Americans are too American for Klinsman. They want yeah. their. We have to be our own. We have to do our own thing. The we problem can't is he was, too, he was too defensive of a mindset. When you're going out there and you're playing defense on a 110-minute stage when you're yep. going into overtime and extra time like that, you got to attack. He you didn't, put the attack on the other guys, you don't sit back on your toes, you actually don't want a ball game. Klinsman doesn't, didn't believe in the talent of the United States, which, which is a fair argument to make. Arena, Arena believes in American talent. He's bringing more MLS players. He believes in the talent of the league. Yeah. And that's very American. And I, I think it'll work. I think you'll create this attitude of, Grind it out. Don't give up. We're going down their throats. It doesn't matter. They think they're better than us, and we're not. We're the underdog, scrappy and fighting, instead of this pristine European we're scrounging on the stage. I think the United States has a real chance. Um, I think they'll win on Friday. I think they'll win pretty. That's what I ask you before your last question. What is your prediction for this Friday's game? It's in San Jose, California against Honduras. 
Uh, is it in uh, San Francisco Giants Stadium? No, or, I mean, San Jose, it's going to be the Earthquakes Earthquake, stadium. okay. Gotcha. It's going to be the San Jose Earthquakes. They like playing in the MLS fields. My prediction is United States 3-1. Um, 3-1? I think that Pulisic is going to be moved to the center. He needs and to. I think he's in such good form. And I think that he, they're, they're finally going to trust him fully. And he's going to be he's going to show his class. Okay. And I think that we have now a scouting report on the Hondurans because a lot two of them moved to the MLS and Houston Dynamo. They're front two. So now we know more about the Hondurans, and the United States reeks of desperation. Yeah. When a team is desperate and good and hungry, new coach trying to impress them, get after it. these are all things that go together. I would be shocked if the United States lost, and it would also be the most devastating thing to happen in the United Imperative States. Imperative for the growth of soccer yeah. overall. So, so if you think that, if you'd like to watch international soccer, Friday night's the time to watch. It's on uh, Fox Sports 1. Oh, it has to be Fox Sports 1. Fox Sports Check 1. it out. Again, if you need to. Follow us on soccer. Go to the website, seatatthetea.com. Lucas Moore will be on it all day long, all evening long as well. You yeah. have articles. I have an article coming of why this is so important, and I'll do a little preview of the United States. It's Thursday? Uh, bring that out Thursday. We'll, we'll break down the game. Um, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'll probably be tweeting about the game. And well. check out his most recent article, MLS Power Rankings. So in the third week in Portland, he has his number one. Check out the rest of the list. On seat at the t.com. Yes. So thanks, guys. Anything else? <laughs> I mean, just go USA. Go USA. Go hey, USA. Hey, you got you gotta love the Americans. Thank you. We're actually gonna take uh, I guess bring in Ethan Graham over here by himself. But before we do that, again, if you need your car done, J and J Mobile Detailing, right on East State Street behind Avalanche Pizza. His name's Joe. Big John also is one of his main workers there. Tell him that you listen to J and B podcast. Shampoo, wash, rinse, anything you want in your car. Just make it shining, sparkling, smelling great. I mean, it's messy. It's wintertime. It's raining. It's dirty outside. Don't get all that salt off your car. All that salt off your car. <laughs> bring it down to Athens, Ohio, East State Street, J&J Mobile Detailing. We're going to bring Ethan Graham on right now to talk a little bit about the Columbus Blue Jackets and their How first 100-point season. You're fine. Papa Sexy joined us. I here. didn't know you could shampoo a car. I'm going to be honest with you. You sold my car. Is it shampooed? Did you smell it? Yeah, it smelled, it. it does smell that's great. I did notice that. That's exactly what they're shampooing. They like take it, they soap everything down, get all the dirt out of the seat. It's great. That's just incredible, honestly. It's incredible. You gotta get your car <laughs> fixed and take it down there. Yeah, I do. I sure will. Joe and John, you're watching. We'll take we'll, we'll take Ethan's car down there and get it wa- oh, rinsed and waxed. Just my like, my paperweight right now. Your paperweight. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about a little bit about the NHL. Let's. So right now, today, as it stands, final on Tuesday. Uh, March 21st, the Penguins both got a win and the Washington Capitals. So the Jackets go from being tied for the best team in hockey to third place in the Metropolitan uh, Division on a road series that the season ended now against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Washington has 102 points in the season. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have 101, and the Jackets have 100 points. What does this mean for the franchise? Well, I mean, this just means so much for this city. You know, when hockey first came into Columbus, it had kind of a cult following. You know, um, they were selling out every game. It was really a big thing. And they were just kind of happy to be there, you know, in the first couple of years. It was just really great for Columbus to have something, you know, outside of Ohio State. Of yep. course, there's the Clippers, you know, the crew we just talked about. But, you know, it was, just, it was, it was a great thing, you know, for yes. Columbus to have a hockey team. And as the years went on, you know, years of bad drafting, you know, there's a video out there of uh, Doug McClain, who uh, was a Blue Jackets journal manager and a coach who uh, hopped down to actually coach a few games, you know, him uh, taking Gilbert Brule and passing on uh, 
Carey Price and Anze Kopitar, two uh, two of the best players in this league. There's a doc there's a documentary about him, you know, just flat out making the wrong decisions. Yeah. There's video of him making these wrong decisions, and these wrong decisions would continue into the Scott Housen years, you know. Guys like Scott Arneal uh, coming in head coach for a few years, just really some dark days um, when really it was just Rick Nash versus the world, uh, just trying, honestly trying his best, if <laughs> I'm being perfectly yeah, honest. That's the thing, like, when he left and went to New York, it was so hard for all the fans that, like, booed him. When, when he comes back and boos him, it's like he gave us so many good years. Oh, well, yeah, but he threw, threw a little fisty cuff at Bob Bobrovsky there. But he, but he's, he wasn't playing. I'm just telling you why he got yeah, booed. Exactly, 100%. I understand that he tried to go after our our best goalie franchise. Yeah, we'll history. have to talk about we'll that. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, but let's do it. But he tried so so long for so hard just by himself and had no help. It was kind of like LeBron James in Cleveland. Um, he left, went to the Rangers. He's, he's having a great career as a whole. Uh, once he retires, he will get his number retired for Columbus. He'll be the only guy at the time. Um, and then he left, and we went. A couple years in the dark, dark ages again, and then yeah. we got to the playoffs a couple years ago against the Penguins, and everyone thought we were out of the dark ages, and we went right back into it. Yeah, it was really a huge injury bug. So to get back to your question, you know, what does this mean for the Columbus Blue Jackets? It means everything. You know, this playoff series, kind of like the crew, is it interesting listening to that uh, in USA Soccer? You know how important this is. You know, this next win, and Columbus finds himself in the same boat. You know, if they if they win this playoff series, it'd be huge for Columbus, really state of Ohio you know, uh, to rally around this team. You know, it's just years of bad drafting, years of bad decisions now with John Davidson and Jarmo Kekalainen in charge. Um, we're starting to see some of these draft picks and these contracts worked out. Guys like Weinberg, uh, you know, who is a draft pick, and guys like Cam Atkinson, who's having, you know, a career year this uh, year. You know, them acquiring guys like Nick Foligno, uh, you know, who is just kind of, a, kind of bordering on a top six role, and now he's the captain, you know, one of the strongest guys in the room, definitely. You know, guys like Wierenski, who, you know, if it's not for Patrick Laine and Austin Matthews, you know, he's definitely the rookie of the year. He's up there in the conversation. But, you know, it's it, it's tough to put into words what this means, you know, for Columbus and the city. Now, I understand the playoffs as a whole is a huge thing to step forward. This is the third time in franchise history for the Jackets to make the playoffs, which is great, but they need to win a playoff series. Yeah, yeah absolutely. They need to play more than two or three games at home and get this, this whole buzz around the city that everyone's been waiting to blow off the whole nationwide roof. And for the state of Ohio, too. We, talk about, we talked about it, the only success, how ironic it is, but the only success of the state of Ohio <laughs> is coming from Lake Erie. Oh, man. So, uh, Not only the Cavs, the Indians this past year, and then also in the late 90s, but then you had the uh, Lake Erie Monsters last year win, win the minor league uh, championship, which is huge for them. Uh, but we're ready for a, ma a major league championship. And, and, and I understand the Cavs got it done but hockey in Columbus would be unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we got the Blue Jack, or we have the, the the Buckeyes for Ohio State football and basketball. Basketball not so much this year, but the Columbus, the, the hockey is ready. Yeah, they're ready, they're, they're ready for they're ready for a second sport. You know, they really are ready for that second thing. The city's big enough. Uh, the fans, you know, they come out when they're good, and they did come out. You know, the early years, I think it was two years in a row. They did, they sold out every single game. You know, in those early years, and then second year they're horrendous. They had fifty nine points. So, I mean, they'll come we out double that this year. Yeah, we should. We we might. <laughs> we might. I mean, we still got we, got, we still got eleven more games left. Nothing's uh, for sure. Nothing's, nothing's for sure. That is true. With this franchise, we have learned that absolutely. Eleven games left. The Jackets are getting two points behind Washington. They play the Toronto Maple Leafs in Columbus tomorrow night. Uh, you got to keep winning. You got to keep yeah. up with these guys. Do they have a chance of getting that first first overall uh, record in NHL? Get the Presidents Cup, and then possibly uh, play a a very very less uh, I guess. 
athletic opponent than the Penguins or the Capitals in the first round. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Toronto because Toronto is the last wild card team as it stands right now. Um, you have the Islanders and Tampa both behind them. Uh, Islanders by three points, Tampa by four. Um, you know, buying for that last spot. So it starts right now for Columbus. Like you said, tomorrow, uh, these last 11 or 10 games uh, is going to be huge for them down the stretch. They need every point they can get, uh, especially in that tough metropolitan division. And even for the President's Trophy, that would be another thing for them to be able to say, you know, hey, we were the best team in the league. And, uh, you know, for the fans of Columbus, you know, actually have a trophy that's not coming from, from a college, you know, from Ohio State. Don't they say, though, it's bad luck to get that trophy? Yeah, the teams that have got it, which has uh, been Washington most of the times these last couple of years, have, has not done well. But uh, I remember a couple of years ago, though, the last time I, I believe a team won it all was the Blackhawks. They were the hottest team out the gate. Uh, it was a very short season. Uh, they won like the first 23 games in regulation. Yeah. Or they didn't lose in regulation, excuse me. Um, they were the best team going into the playoffs and ended up winning the whole thing and beating the Bruins. The Jacks have a chance this year. They Absolutely. Got, and the reason why? Bobrovsky. Sergei Bobrovsky. This dude... Um, is playing out of his mind. Um, Aaron Portsline, be ready for the dispatch set at the beginning of this year. You know, they're going to go as far as they take him. You know, if this is a playoff team, they're going to need him to win 40 games, uh, which he's at 39 right now. So uh, that that's certainly something that's coming to fruition. You look at his statistics here, absolutely insane. Uh, tied with Scott Darling, who's not even a starting goalie in uh, save percentage in the at 204 in goals against average right behind uh, Braden Holby and Devin Dubnik's right there. have been having an outstanding year. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, he has had injuries in the past. You know, the groin issue uh, has been something for him, unfortunately. Um, but he seemed to have worked that out this year. Uh, but, you know, the, these, the defense is huge in these last 11 games. They absolutely have to protect him. I would maybe look for uh, Jonas Corbisalo to see some more starts down the stretch here. Yeah, as, as uh, maybe the playoff standings start to shake out. But at the same time, I think you have to find the balance between staying aggressive you know, and going for that home ice advantage and you know, playing maybe in Toronto or New York or Lightning or even getting uh, Pittsburgh at home you know, if they get that two yeah. spot. And I think they have, to, they have to find the balance between that. So it'll be interesting to see um, you know, what their goalie situation is down the stretch. Right now he's in line to win the Triple Crown as a goaltender, which is an incredible uh, feat for a goalie, obviously. Um, Moving forward again, if he has to do the last couple games, and like you said, Corpus Allo should be in net, saving those stats a little bit. But you got to keep him fresh, though. He's been playing unreal. He's been pretty much averaging uh, one to two goals per game. He's been on fire for the Jackets, which I love seeing. Uh, offensively, the team's getting done. Last this past weekend, they got a huge win. Uh, two goals from coming from penalty shots, and then one shorthanded goal at the end to seal the deal. Got him the hundredth point on hundred point on the road. Uh, this team's going at the right time, though. Yeah, and you look at that game, Brandon Dubinsky was a guy, uh, you know, who stepped up big in that game, and he stepped up big for them all year. It's really it's really a guy you root for. He struggled at times last year. You know, him and uh, coach John Tortorella had, you know, a tumultuous relationship at times in New York early in his career. And, you know, he's a gritty player. He hits, but he also has skill, too. You know, he also he's also able to go out and get, you know, 20 goals, 30 assists, you know, in his best year. And he's one of those guys that you need, you know, one of those locker room guys that will step up during the playoffs, you know, elevate performances. We've talked a lot about the Jackets, and with good reason, um, but moving forward, who is your favorite to win the Stanley Cup, or two favorites to get there? You know, it's tough for me to say this as a Columbus fan, but I think Washington uh, is a team that finally, you know, has a chance this year. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk at the deadline was a huge move for them. He was the prize defenseman available, a great puck-moving defenseman. You know, this guy has, you know, plays the other end, too. He's a great defenseman, def defensive defenseman if you need him to stay home as well. 
Um, you know, will Ovechkin get past the second round? You know, I think tough. it's time. It's tough. <laughs> Nicholas Backstrom having an absolutely insane year, consistently one of the most underrated players in this league, uh, near the top of the league in points. So I like Washington um, to come out of the East. Maybe the West is a little bit more cloudier. Uh, you have Chicago there, always a safe bet. You know, probably the betting favorite, I would venture to say, if we were to look that up. Uh, but, you know, Minnesota is another team that's having a great year. Devin Dubnik, they have, you know, 10 players in the top 20 of the plus-minus, maybe even more. So I look, for, I look at Minnesota as a team, maybe to finally put together a big run this year. So, yeah, those are three teams that stand out to me right now. I'm looking at right now, not Washington. Again, something about them. They're not playing great hockey right now. Yeah, you can't quite put your finger on it. But Something's up with them. I don't know. Yeah. They're 5-4-1 in the last 10 games. The Penguins are hot. And I hate saying that. Crosby, again, the best player in the league, uh... They won three in a row. They won a night. They're eight one and one the last ten. They're making the move. They're staying with the Jackets while the uh, Capitals tread water to end the last ten games of the season. If they get in there and somehow get that one seed, a lot of weight is lifted off your back. You're playing a lot weaker team at a wild card number two spot, and then you got to play a, a, a battle rhythm either Jackets or Washington coming out and playing a hard probably seven game series. Yeah. So. Whoever gets that one seed, five in a row. But they're in a particularly meaty part of their schedule right now. You've got to win these games, though. Yeah, but okay, but listen to three of these five teams in their losing streak. Chicago, Washington, and the Rangers. And coming up, they have the Blue Jackets, well, obviously, studs. The Blues, pretty good. <laughs> the Sharks, studs, leading the Pacific. So they got to get through this, but it catches up with them the last week of the season. They have the Avalanche twice, the Yotes, and uh, the Hurricanes. So, you know, the schedule does bounce out. I look for them to maybe... You know, um, pick up some more points, put them in the bank at the end. Going back to Connor McDavid here for Edmonton, could be the next Sidney Crosby in the league. Yeah, I think so. Young stud. The guy's like 19, 20 years old. This guy's skating is outrageous. He cuts through the zone like nothing I've ever seen. Granted, I've only been watching hockey, you know, since I've been alive, you know. <laughs> but, you know, so I, miss, I kind of miss Wayne there. <laughs> but this guy, the way he moves the puck is insane. He cuts through the zone like none other. You know, uh, Markle Testu, a former Blue Jacket, he gave a quote this year. You know, uh, if you're out there on the ice with McDavid, you better be ready because he is putting that puck on your stick in front of the net with the net open. You better be ready to put the biscuit in the basket. <laughs> That's a good quote. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I love having Ethan on first off. He's great. great for cam he's great for camera. He's always keeping it loose. Um, you want to talk about some horrible at coffee. Yeah. The Jackets used to be the laughing stock of the league. Oh, I remember. Yeah, you remember. What's going on with Colorado? Yeah, we we Col got to talk about this before we wrap things up. Colorado is horrendous. They are on pace. For 50 points, this would be the worst team in 17 years since the Thrashers got 39 points in the 1999-2000 season. And where did the Thrashers come from? They are in, from Atlanta, which is where we got this dude, oh. too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the Dirty Bird City. Yeah, the Dirty Birds. They actually used to have a huge... Uh, Huge like Thrasher, huge like animatronic Falcon that would come down, come through the ceiling. You know what I mean? With like spit fire. Away. <laughs> oh, I'm serious. You look this up. I gotta look this up. Maybe some like some like NHL three. Yeah, maybe it'll be there. I don't know. Um, I the Colorado. That, that was a hard game. Colorado, Colorado Avalanche have been eliminated for the last two weeks, folks. No one else <laughs> is eliminated yet from the playoff contention, and there's less than 12 games left in the season, which blows my mind. Again, 43 points right now. The record as a whole is 20, 48, and three. The best record in hockey is the Washington uh, Capitals. They're 47-17-8. and <laughs> They've got more losses than Washington has wins, and that blows my mind. I mean, that's so bad. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not great. I'm not going to lie to you. It's not a whole lot else to say. You know, guys like Matt Duchesne and Landeskog, you know, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Shane and I, who couldn't be here tonight, we were talking a little bit before the show. 
You know, it's just kind of sad to see some of these guys wasting their careers away. Matthew Shane, one of the most skilled face-off men in the league, you know, just kind of They've won hanging nine out. games on the road. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's nine more than I've won. <laughs> I guess it's true. But, but it, <laughs> if, I mean, not a whole lot to be optimistic for if you're in Colorado. Very, very tough moving forward. Um, let's do a bet before before let's, we wrap this things up. Because first off, if you guys watched our <laughs> podcast last week at the Pigskin, the Stangs thing went down the roof for game one. The tattoo was going to go on him somewhere. Didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, let's let's get a, let's get a, a playoff. Name a team that you think could win the cup, other than the Jackets. Let's get a tattoo of that. Let's get a tattoo. You really want to give me this tattoo? We got to get the tattoo going with this. You need the tattoo. You need the tattoo. You, all right. So you want me? What's what, what's the conditions? You, you have any? You just throwing bets at me here? You want me pick to pick a team, a team? Pick a team from the West. You don't have to root against them. That makes sense. No. <laughs> how, how, how about we put? You Ed- can't pick the Avalanche. No, no, you so. can't pick. It. Let's, let's get Edmonton. If, if Edmonton wins it all, you get a. a what was your nickname you preferred, Connor McDavid? Connie Mack. Connie Mack, somewhere on his, in number ninety-seven on you. I guess. Is that cool? Are you gonna pay for it? I'll pay for it. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I'm in front of a camera. I, can't really, I don't really want to say no. I don't want to disappoint the people yeah, at home. Yeah, Folks, exactly. this Do it for the people. This weekend, look out. If you're in Athens, look out. For Ethan Graham on the street wearing a suit and tie, uh, he's gonna be interviewing people that are cool, cool dressed uh, jerseys for. Yeah, Atlanta. looking for the best jerseys from Fest season. Really, just uh, you want to go get a vibe for the event as a whole. If you're not from Athens, this so. is gonna be probably hopefully a new segment we get up on our uh, a website. Just just things with Ethan. Yeah, just going out and talking to people. Just street <laughs> views. multimedia tag yeah. with just weird stuff. Yeah, weird stuff. Does. Yeah, w- yeah, weird stuff <laughs> Ethan does. Hopefully get the tattoo. We'll have that all. Hopefully I'll get a tattoo. I feel like we're just going to keep making bets until I get a tattoo. <laughs> you get your tattoo you're getting one. Or see the T tattooed on you somewhere. Yeah, I'll get I'll get see the T tattooed. And then uh, yeah, and then he was wearing a lobster costume this past weekend. That wasn't me. That was Shaggy. That wasn't me. <laughs> that was not, it. Was Santa Claus? No, I don't know who that was. Oh, no, no, Speaking of lobsters, acrn.com. Uh, before we go, I have my own show with my roommate Ben Martin. Uh, Wednesdays five to six. Fridays four to five. dot com. That's acrn.com. Sports, everything you need to know. Combat sports, not a lot of MMA or professional wrestling being covered on campus, except for at the Rock Lobster, <laughs> acrn.com. You're going to want to check that out. Check it out. Another thing I want to plug real quick before we go, youtube.com, Ohio Sports Zone, me, Bobby Levine here, partners in crime, everything you want to know about Max Sports. Mostly uh, Ohio sports, but yeah, if you guys want to hear about professional sports, stay here in college sports as well. Uh, as well, check out uh, the CBJ Artillery or the OU Artillery on Twitter. We've got everything Columbus Blue Jackets covered at there. Uh, again, huge shout out last week to the Pigskin. If you want to get your car done, if it's dirty, please go to J and J Mobile Detailing. It's, I promise you, you're gonna love your stuff there. Uh, wash, rinse, rinse, wax. Excuse me. And shampoo. shampoo. Do they condition too? Do they condition your car? Ask Joe. He'll tell you. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll call Joe up after the show, guys. Thanks for listening. Press that share button. Follow us on all the social medias: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Seat at the T, and also our website, SeatAtTheT.com. Our logo, awesome job as well. It's been up there for a while. Thank you guys so much. And everyone out there, be safe. Bam. Press that share button. Uh, I forgot to say my Twitter name. Dude, I think there's salt.